Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. 1857-15996, the usual number to call. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Joe, the hairdresser, first out of the blocks this morning. A mention for Joe, he does this every year. And by the time it close to Christmas, 22nd, 23rd of December, he can barely move in the little salon for piles and piles and piles of selection boxes. Well, Joe Byrne uh, has reminded us that COVID or no COVID, he's still doing that this year. So if you want to drop a couple of selection boxes and they all go to needy kids, they go to the penny dinners and they go to lots of other needy kids and adults and families and maybe a few of them will get dropped off to the Miracle on Little Hanover Street this year. Joe Joseph's Hair Salon in Glasheen uh, taking in selection boxes as always. Uh, Good man, Joe. Good man. 1850-715-996. Coming up a bit later, we're getting nervous about Brexit now. Very nervous about Brexit. Remember I said many, many months ago that the only time people would really start to care about Brexit, the ordinary Joe Soap and Mary Soap would really only care about Brexit when it hit them in the pocket, when it affected something that they couldn't do or something they couldn't get or they put the price up or they went looking for something that wasn't there or their job was threatened by it, which could easily happen. One caller to the show has saying, lads, lads, calm down a small bit, calm down a small bit, less of the nationalistic flag waving here. We'll be all right if we stay friends with London. That's to come and more besides. But first of all, I read a remarkable story uh, in the Echo in the last couple of days about a young man who's made massive sacrifices in his life uh, since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic to protect not just himself, but particularly to protect his mum. And mum is on the line. Melissa, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, you are, Melissa, a severe asthmatic. How, how bad is your asthma? Um, I suppose uh, it's only in the last eight or nine years I was diagnosed with asthma. Um, 
and I just don't seem to be able to get it controlled. Um, so I would be on strong medication um, for it. So I'm constantly kind of unwell. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm not your typical asthmatic that ends up in hospital with severe asthma attacks, so it's kind of a complicated one. You're kind of permanently chesty. Yeah. Can I, can I even hear yeah. it now, for example? Yeah. yeah, yeah. this morning now I wouldn't be feeling the best. Um, and in October I ended up in, actually, for the first time in A&E with it. Um, I was on three weeks of steroids. I just yeah. couldn't manage to control it and I was just absolutely miserable. And what but, triggers it? Sorry? What triggers it, do you know? Um, well, stress doesn't help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, heat and the environment, I think, would be a lot to do with it. Um, I don't know fully, um, and I don't think they know themselves. Um, I even went to Beaumont in Dublin to do some research to see was I taking my inhalers properly, you know, and that kind of, because at least then if I'm taking them properly, it must be something else. So we, I did a whole um, year with that, and... I was taking them properly because they actually were able to monitor my inhaler intake. Um, and then I got changed my inhalers after that. And it's just constantly trying to figure out how do I get it under control. So, yeah. And when, did you do, when did you develop it? Um, probably when I was about 34, so maybe about 10 years ago. And right. at this stage, um, right. I had a bakery and I just started kind of getting very chesty and very unwell, tired. Yeah. And I actually had to close the bakery probably two or three years later. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a tough decision to make, but I think a lot of it, as I say, was stress and just a lot of physical activity yeah. just didn't help. <laughs> now, you were on holidays, I think, in Lanzarote in I February. I was. Just before all this started, lucky enough, I got a break uh, for a week with my sister in March. Um, and I literally just came back to um, one or two cases have been um, in, in Ireland at that stage. And then we got shut down and the schools got shut down. Yeah. What if your doctor told you about getting COVID? You, you need to avoid at all costs, don't you? Well, the HSE um, and the Asthma Society actually were probably the best. We're giving out the information. Um, the Asthma Society um, brought out a whole criteria of who actually has severe asthma. And I say a lot of asthmatics were actually probably surprised to realise that they actually are severe asthmatics. Um, it was all categorised under the medication that you take. Nice. Um, and I suppose the advice I've just been given is we don't know enough about COVID. That was especially at the start. Mm. Um, but given my experience in October, my my husband is actually even more fearful now because I was actually so sick for about three weeks yeah. and he just he can't imagine what COVID would actually well, do to me. So I suppose, I suppose given, given that shortness well. of breath given that shortness of breath goes along yeah. with even the mildest of cases, you don't need that. I don't need any more further damage to my lungs because I have bronchiectasis as well, so there is some scarring out the lungs and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I could do without it, to be honest. Um, I suppose I don't want to make myself more unwell, and I'm already unwell as it is on a daily basis. Um, I actually got back to work, which was one of the ones the things I wanted to do, so this is something I want to continue. Um, and, yeah, just kind of have some kind of a normal life, you so, know? So, 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 effectively, you've been shielding or cocooning yourself since when? Since March, really. Um, I suppose the summer was good to us because the weather was so good. Um, I haven't been in a supermarket since I came back from Lanzarote. Um, I kind of might have gone to a chemist once or twice. I actually find it quite difficult to wear a mask, right. um, especially if there's any heat in the room at all. 
So I suppose anything I've done is outdoors. Um, yeah. We get all our shopping online. Now we manage to go kayaking in the summer. We could go walking. Yeah. If I met anybody, it's outside. Um, and I just kind of see my dad and that on the other occasion right. when I feel it's safe to do so, you know. Um, so every time we make a decision, I suppose we're always kind of thinking, yeah. are we being careful enough? Now there's four, four of you in the house. Talk to me about Andrew. Andrew. Um, Andrew's been fantastic um, throughout the whole thing. Um, I suppose for a 15-year-old, his life has ch- probably changed more so than mine um, because I'm used to being sick. I'm used to kind of being stuck at home and, you know, um, but Andrew, like, would be obviously very active. Um, he's very active in sailing. He's very active in rugby, one of his passions. Um, he's played since he's three. He was probably one of the youngest of the pirates in Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to March, the schools closed. Obviously, then, I suppose, all summer we were very stressed, kind of going, OK, the schools are going to open again. And when the government then announced that they were actually going to open the schools five days a week and everybody was going, then we kind of had to make a tough decision. Um, the numbers were high, you know, and I suppose, again, the unknown. We didn't know how, how he would do if he went to school, getting on a bus and transport. Um, so we made a decision to actually keep him at home. Now, um, he is in TY this year, so that kind of helps. But um, I suppose the biggest decision we said to him is, you know, if you're not going to school, you can't really go to rugby either because you're going to be in close contact if you're playing matches. And I suppose that was heartbreaking. That was actually more devastating to tell him he can't go to school. I'd say it might have been all right. He's, (laughs) He's there with you, is he, Melissa? Sorry? He's there with you? He is indeed, yeah. I can um, have him talk to you there, PJ. Please, please. Hello. Hey, Andrew, how are you, man? I'm good, how are you? Good, you're missing the rugby? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Talk to me about about your mom, about making the... Well, first of all, the schools were shut down for so long, so you were, you were home anyway. But when it came to going back in September, that was a... Was it a difficult decision to, to choose not to? Well, I kind of wanted to protect my mom, so it's kind of our, our decision. It wasn't that hard to decide. Yeah. <laughs> You're being homeschooled now, isn't it? Yeah, I get I get work for my teachers online on um, Microsoft Teams. Right. And then I just do that work. I do a bit of study myself, and I just try and get through everything. Yeah. And were the teachers in the school okay with your decision? Um, I don't really know. I haven't really talked to them about it. They just kind of gave me all the work. Right, right. So... Has the rugby gone completely? You're a member of Pirates and a good club, good solid club. I mean, had you had ambitions rugby-wise or was it just something that you'd love to do? Well, I kind of just wanted to try and go as far as I could. Maybe try and get Munster or further. Yeah, yeah, why not give it a go? So is it gone completely now since since March, maybe? Um, I think some of the, there was a few matches played in September, October and then they kind of closed down for lockdown and I think they're back to 15 players non-contact at the moment. You don't see yourself lining out or talking out for a while though, do you? Probably not until I get the vaccine or my mom gets the vaccine. Yeah. Is it boring at home? Kinda. I have the PS4 so I kind of just play away at that. Yeah. I, can, I just watch Netflix as well and other stuff. Yeah. You can do all that through the PlayStation as well. You don't have to leave it at all. <laughs> <laughs> You so you all have your own desk. Mom works at home. Dad works at home. You work at home. Yeah. So the four of you are at home. Yeah, we all are. 
well, all in our separate rooms. Yeah. Mom, mom's in the sitting room. I'm in my room. Dad's in his room. And my brother's in his room. Do you know when all your friends were kind of coming back out after the first lockdown and we had a lovely spring and early summer and trying to get and in the summertime when we thought that, you know, this whole thing might have been beaten. Did you still stay at home for mum's sake? Did Was there a temptation there to go off out with your friends? Well, when it was safe enough, say, about 20 cases and there was like one or two in Cork, we kind of knew where the cases were. So we kind of, I went out to one friend. Yeah. Through the whole thing. Loan from old time. I mean, you're 15. Like, it's a time when... I think... I remember when I was 15, Andrew, and I might tell you it's a, it's a while ago now, but, <laughs> but I remember that, you know, to be told that I had to wait a week for something or a month for something, and to be told I couldn't do something for the rest of the year, it felt like an eternity. Did it feel like that? Yeah, it kind of does. Like, you're just there for so long in say if I had to isolate every two weeks in my room by myself doing lately nothing you haven't had to do that no no my brother has has he yeah why was he a close contact I know when he came back from college in Netherlands he had to isolate for two weeks oh right okay so he oh he goes to college in in the Netherlands yeah but he moved to CIT this year right right does he help you train out the back garden to keep the old muscles going for the rugby does he yeah, we pass her in the ball as well and all that stuff. Yeah, keep 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 that up. Keep keep, keep that up. Do, do you worry about about your mum? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you constantly keep an eye to her? Yeah, I do. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Put me put me back onto her there. Two seconds. Cheers. Hi, PJ. Hi. <laughs> Melissa, I suppose you're probably, for, for Dr. Holohan, you are the, moder- the, the, the model family in that you've got an underlying issue in the house and you're doing everything by the book to keep yourselves safe. He'd be thrilled with you. <laughs> well, I suppose it makes it easier because you know what it feels like to have a health issue. Um, and I suppose it kind of makes me value more that, you know, I don't want to get any sicker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose we would probably be the, the model family for him. Um, now, it comes with tough decisions. It isn't the easiest to do. Um, and especially the winter. The winter has been that bit harder. Yeah. Because you just can't meet people outside as much and things like that. You and, know? and have but you a garden? We do, thank God. We we done the garden there about a year or two ago, so it's quite nice to actually sit out there. Um, we don't get as much fun. You can't do that now, like. (laughs) No, no, you can't. But we try and do a few walks. um, But, yeah, like, you know, we had a good summer as such um, as a family. And I suppose that's one thing that actually brought us a lot closer together as a family. And, like, the boys have just been, you know, amazing. Super proud of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they've given up everything just to protect me, you know, and it's tough knowing that they're giving up their lives for you, but it's also lovely to know that they're actually willing to do That's that. That's fantastic. You have two yeah. fine young men yeah. there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the prospect now, um, Melissa, of a vaccine in the next yes. few months, does that fill you with excitement? It does. It does. Now, it fills me with a bit of worry, too. Um, I suppose, will will we get it, um, first of all, because obviously we're still waiting for it to be approved. Um, how quickly will we get it? Um, do you know, because like that now, I was due to get the flu jab and I was actually sick, so I couldn't get it. And yeah. I got delayed by another month. 
Um, and I suppose one thing is, you know, if I get the vaccine, that's great. But will the rest of the family get it at the same time? Because, like, as far as I know, I'm seventh on the list and yes. my husband is last on the list. Yes. You know, so, and look, I know it won't be a, a whole, 100% normal life. Um, we'll still have to wait a few months until everybody has been vaccinated. But mm. it gives a glimmer of hope, you know. Yeah. It shows that there is actually a bit of light in 2021. A couple of questions that were yeah. coming in over the last few days. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get on to someone with the expertise to discuss it in the next while but with the vaccine situation like you say you'd be category a rough reading you'd be around category seven i think so yeah of the rollout six seven maybe six at a, at a push yeah. which means they should start coming to you towards easter time hopefully you know hopefully. which would be brilliant for you but at the same time you, you there's the other the question like you're the person with the underlying condition mm. you'll get the vaccination should the whole family be done at the same time I strongly believe we should, um, because at the end of the day, you know, if I'm vaccinated, what's the point? If, if like, we don't know yet, will the vaccine cover me 100%? Yeah. Will it mean that I can then give the COVID to somebody else if I do manage to pick it up? Yeah. Um, so I suppose my life still won't return to normal, like most people. Now, I know it takes a month to cover you anyway, but, you know, um, if... I'm not going to bring it into my household, you know, yeah. so I'm still going to have to be careful. Um, so I suppose, yeah, should a full household of a vulnerable person actually get it at the same time? It's a great question, and it's one that the first chance I have to put it to an expert, I will, I will put it to them. I look forward to the answer. Indeed. <laughs> I, I suppose you'd hope as well, wouldn't you, that others out there were taking it as serious as you are? Yeah, like, look, I know everybody has to make their own decision. Um, we all live our lives different. Um, I'm not an anxious person, but this has actually made me quite anxious. Mm. Um, but look, I suppose, you know, that's one thing I wouldn't like to do is actually judge how other people are doing it. But yeah, it does upset me when you see the numbers getting so high, you know, and then you look at your family network and go, OK, my boys are staying at home as much as possible, you know. But look, I suppose... We don't fully understand. We A lot of people don't actually believe that COVID is as serious. And I suppose for a lot of people, it isn't. So, you know, you can't blame people for wanting to live their lives and continue on. Mm. But um, I do think that in order for the vaccine to actually be more efficient, we do need to get the COVID numbers down in the new year. Mm. And I suppose Christmas would worry me. Families are going to get together. It, it'll be a tough old Christmas for your family, won't it? Yeah, it is. Um, like that, my daughter is in Scotland. We didn't get to see her since um, 2019. We, really? Yeah, we had a family wedding planned. Uh, my brother was getting married in December, so my daughter was actually coming home and having her first Christmas with us in a few years. Oh. And obviously that got put on hold. That's Chloe, um, isn't it? Chloe, yeah. How old yeah. is Chloe? Chloe was 23 in November. Okay, okay. Yeah. And she's, yeah. she's in Scotland. What's she doing in Scotland? A student, or is she? She's um, working in the Glen Eagles Hotel. Oh, oh golf, the big, up the golf course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. The beautiful oh, hotel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I only, ever, I only ever looked at it from a distance, you know. I couldn't even, probably couldn't even afford a point in the place. But no. God, <laughs> what, a great, what a great place to be working. But she, yeah. she's kind of resigned to it now. There'll be no home for Christmas. No, and unfortunately they closed her hotel as well because um, like that is so expensive and they normally do fireworks and everything for Christmas and they just felt they can't give the full package. So they actually closed the hotel there about two or three weeks ago till February. Right. So she's on her own now with no oh work God. either. So yeah, it's hard. Is she living on her own? Sorry? Is she living on her own? 
she lives on her own. She actually likes that. <laughs> but she's a few friends close by and I suppose um, she's in a nice quiet area as well that doesn't seem to have a lot of COVID. Yeah. So she's getting out walking and keeping herself busy that way. Good for her. Good yeah, for her. yeah. But like that... Yeah, we be lonely all the time though, Christmas, when she can't be there, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose she hasn't been for the last two or three years with us for Christmas. But yeah. as I say, it was one year since June we've been planning that she was coming home um, so but hopefully maybe February March um, if things go well and numbers come down we can yeah. possibly fly her home here's hoping listen my yeah. best to everyone you mind your health thank you PJ you're very good and, and the first opportunity I have to ask somebody about that vaccine that someone in your category should the whole family be able to get it at the same time the first opportunity I have to ask somebody in the know that question I will ask them that would be great because I think the flu vaccine did start off that way that the whole household was actually going to get it but then there was limited numbers and they had to change that they had to change category on that then so yeah it would be interesting to know all right, listen. Yeah, good, thanks very much, PJ. Happy good health and a, and a happy Christmas to you. Take care and mind yourself there. That's Melissa Pesley from from Cove. And her son, Andrew, was with me as well. And uh, the, the daughter, Chloe, is in Scotland. And if she'll be listening to this, because she'll be hearing her mum was going to be on the radio. Hiya, Melissa. Or hiya, Chloe, rather. Happy Christmas to you. Jealous of where you work. Um, but... Um, It'll be a pity you can't get home. But you know what? There'll be other Christmases. So there will. 1850 My friend was in a similar situation. She says, Kate, she took extreme measures, but it's worked for her. She's taken away all the carpets and the curtains and then the collected dust. She still has her bad days, but it's made an unreal difference. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With Lehan Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids the place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call us now 1850 715 996 On Cork's 96FM All right, all this week we've a great competition going with Corrib Oil. Uh, they're at CorribOil.com or at Station Road, Balancholic, your local low-cost home heating oil supplier. Available to buy and book your fill and all that. But we might be able to give you a nice hefty prize from Corrib Oil because tomorrow on the show I'll be giving away three 500 euro gift cards. It's a perfect practical gift for this Christmas. We've been doing it all week with quotes from well-known Christmas movies. I'll play them a couple of times for you during the morning. I want you to tell me what the movie is and your name, of course. Text to WhatsApp 83 396 Every day I pick a qualifier and then tomorrow at 5 to 12 we'll have five names and three of you will win a 500 euro carob oil voucher. That's good odds in anybody's book. So, here's Thursday's Christmas movie clip. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's cute. You should get that one fairly easy. Here we go. What is that Christmas movie to win 500 euro worth of carob oil? 
text or WhatsApp your name and the name of the movie to 083 396 96 96. Well, driving around before I go to this, driving around last night, I had to come in here last evening to do some, some work for our Christmas rewind shows. I'll tell you more about that in a while. But the town and the estates and the various houses on the way in just look great. You really are going to town this year with your Christmas lights displays, which gives me a little bit of an idea, but maybe that's for later. First of all, uh, the M20 motorway. For as long as I'm sitting in this chair, and even before I was, long before I was, we were talking about when we might get an M20 motorway. It has moved on now to the point where they are considering a route uh, that will take us from Cork to Limerick along a motorway. And as would inevitably happen in these cases, a row has broken out. Deirdre Hosford is in Whitechurch. What's up, Deirdre? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What's the story with Whitechurch and the M20 motorway? Yeah, well, um, the new Cork-Limerick motorway um, has come around again. And... Uh, this time it was, it came out of nowhere. Literally, we just heard about this literally 10 days ago uh, on a Monday evening. We got a text from a neighbour and uh, the new proposed routes for the new M20 Cork Limerick uh, motorway have been put up. So on closer inspection and looking on the maps, um, it, there's a brand new route. So there's, um, there's two main routes being proposed for road. And then there's a third option, which is a combination of road and rail. Um, the one that affects me personally directly is the Navy route. Um, that's running from, so they, they're proposing that the new motorway would start in Tweedmount there by Killeen's outside Blarney. Right. And run straight through out to Limerick. Is that, um, you'd go on the main Mallow Road, as we now call it, and then you'd yeah. break off at Killeen's and join the new yeah. motorway, okay? Yes, yeah. So the Navy route is the one that affects us, so um, and just, I've, again, Silly questions, but these are for people yep. who, who aren't familiar. The navy yep. route, that's the colour that is represented on the map. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's <laughs> nothing to do with the fellas down in Hull Bowling, like, no, no. Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then further on, there's different colours. There's pink and there's yellow and there's okay, all lovely right, colours. Right, right, but right. that's farther on. So the, our piece is, is what we're speaking about is the navy route. So it affects the greater Blarney and Whitechurch areas. Um, so this the new proposed navy route shoots off through rural, like we're very rural out in Whitechurch, but it, it comes right through farms, houses, um, businesses. Like the the cost to people is going to be massive with this route. Um, now, obviously, there's obviously going to be a human cost on on whichever route is chosen, mm-hmm. but. This is the one that that will affect us mostly. Um, it will so it come, come near your house. It'll come within two hundred and fifty meters of my back door. Right. And is there um, any road there now? Yeah. So um, my house is sort of close to the old Mallow Road. Um, so and we would be, you know, a good bit from the new Mallow Road. But say we'd have a farmer on our road that his property will be cut into, and the road will be fifty-four meters from his house because there is no required minimum distance for a motorway to be from your dwelling property. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, young families, I have a young family myself, that have new houses built in the past couple of years that that could be under compulsory purchase order. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it affects so much. It affects business, it affects farms, it affects people. Um, and what what is happening is it's 
decimating our community and that it's cutting us off all our connectivity towards Blarney. Like, it, they won't give us any information much on it until a route is chosen. So it's still in the public consultation phase at the minute. Yeah. So they're encouraging people to go to courtlimerick.ie and leave feedback there. And, and Deirdre, we, what is the alternative then to this Navy route, as you call it? So there are two other alternatives being mooted by the company, one being this green route, which, as far as I can tell from them, is an updated version of the original uh, Cork Limerick motorway that was around, as you say, 10 years ago it was shelved uh, when they ran out of money. So uh, we've been told that there's there's been environmental changes and there's been some um, statutory changes. So they have slightly changed that route, and that but that's being called the green route. Mm-hmm. And then a third. Where option would that go? That would go along the existing N20. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Upgrading and as then, it went. Yeah, exactly. And then the third option would be a combination of both road and rail. That they'd be upgrading rail services and road services. Yeah. Um, so, like the way of, the way we're looking at it is, what is there is an existing road, which if you travel the Mallow Road in, the, in just prior to the lockdown, they did massive work on the Mallow Road uh, in upgrading it. They did, yeah. And now they're saying that that's null and void, and they they want to brand new motorway right beside it, which doesn't make sense to us. Like, if you have existing infrastructure there, yeah. why would you then go and build a whole new structure? You know, at, one, at one point, Deirdre, there was a third or a fourth additional idea that they would go up the existing Dublin motorway yes. and then cross country oh, yeah. to the M7 Limerick Dublin motorway and That's join correct. the two. Now, That's people correct. were saying that in actual fact, that would be quite a handy spin of about an hour, which, yeah. you know, that seemed quite logical, did it not? Absolutely, but that is one of the proposals that has been taken off the table and they're not considering that anymore. Um, and that had quite a, lit, a good bit of political support behind it as well and, and people were saying that that would be a really good option to come across there, but that's been completely taken off the table. Well, no doubt it's been taken off the table. It made incredible sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've been told the funding's there. We know the funding is there. There isn't a problem with They're not going to run out of money this time. Yeah. Um, you know, one of these routes is going ahead. Um, I would worry for our small community. I mean, the, the Greater Blarney White Church area is it's a very close-knit community. We have great community spirit. We heard about this 10 days ago. We're running into Christmas. It caused so much upset in the community, but they've been amazing. We formed a committee. There's signs up. We've gone, you know, around. We've let people know. Obviously, with COVID, we can't have any public meetings, so we're trying to just let as many people as we can know because there are a lot of elderly people that wouldn't have access to the internet because it's all an online consultation now. So, you know, and they're hearing bits and pieces. And and there is a consultation process underway. How long will that last? Well, the original date that we got was the 18th of December from the 19th of November, which I thought was really, really unfair because, again, global pandemic, we can't meet, we can't do anything like that. It really put us under the pump. But uh, we did ask repeatedly, and they have pushed out the date now until the 15th of January. Okay, okay. 
So I would encourage everyone to go to corklimerick.ie and you can leave a feedback form there. And you can also request a consultation with their engineers um, to speak about, you know, you give them your postcode and they'll tell you exactly how far it is from your own property and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose some people who'd be on that route would Mm -hmm. stand to gain handsomely from having property or land purchased. So you could be up against that too. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, you know, we're aware of that, that, you know, there's a lot of land involved in it and some people would be more than happy to sell. Um, But like we have one lady uh, in our, actually she was on your news bulletin yesterday. She's 50 years farming and this farm would, this road would run right through the middle of her farm. Yeah. You know, and that's so upsetting for her. You have to, you know, I mean, we're we're dealing with the, I suppose, the personal side of it and they're dealing with the business side of it. So we're trying to meet in the middle. But what we want to, to get across is that there are other viable options there yeah. and we would implore them to, to at least explore them a little further because in doing this, they will take our community and cut it down the middle. Our links to, to Blarney and Blarney's links to us all around the surrounding area kids going to school, connectivity, business. I mean, it it, it hits us on everything. I remember, Deirdre, that controversial, dangerous junction on the Mallow Road. Waterloo, yeah. Yeah, Waterloo. And when when they changed that junction... It divided the community in terms of access. So so this would be a multiplication of that. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was one junction. This is a 500 metre, and that's the other thing, PJ. This is huge. It's a 500 metre wide corridor. Because the road itself is only 100 metres, but that 500 metre corridor that they need to purchase allows them to run the road anywhere within that 500 metres. So you're talking a huge chunk of beautiful countryside just absolutely torn apart. It's it's one that will continue, I suppose, throughout the course of 2021 when they eventually make their decision. Because we we won't stop. We're a great little community. We have amazing I remember you from Waterloo when we could go to the meetings and see the crowds. So (laughs) don't stand on these people's toes. That's one thing I would warn planners. All right. (laughs) I leave it there for today, Deirdre. Thanks very much. We'll talk again, I have no doubt. Deirdre Hosford from the No to M20 Navy Route Action Group. And that consultation is on at the moment. Um, you can look at the various routes and see which one you like, but for those particular people, it'll be dividing up their community, and you can imagine they're not happy about it. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Each week we bring you the latest news from our vibrant and creative communities all around Cork. Whether it's tips for the best live gigs online, new initiatives from Cork's writers and musicians, join Elmery Mall and Connor Tallon as we work to support and keep the arts alive in Cork. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On Quartz 96 FM. This is Quartz Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. 
Yesterday I was talking to Sherry Shannon, Councillor Terry Shannon from the Housing Committee about the new development charge that we'll all have to pay now if we want to develop our own private houses, refurbish them or do them up or extend them more than 40 square metres. Uh, Brenda wanted to talk to me about that. I'll get to you in just a second, Brenda. But Dennis, unfortunately Dennis isn't going to be around on the telephone. I was hoping he was. But it's a talking point and we'll see what you think. And we're only days away now from a possible no deal on Brexit. And everybody is really worried. All the politicians are, you know, sagely worrying about a, a no deal Brexit. I was listening to Simon Coveney, he said, trying to out-Republican Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. The country, this country makes so much cheddar cheese that if you started at the tip of Donegal... You could have a line of 40-foot containers all the way down to the other end of the country. That's just cheese. And it all goes almost to one country, Britain. Coveney's been talking about our European partners. The majority of people in Europe, says Dennis, don't even know where Ireland is. We like to think we're at the heart of everything. Ireland is better known than most countries. But don't kid yourself. If you stop people in the street in Strasbourg, there'll be just as much confusion about Ireland as those clips you see of British people when they're asked about it in the street. I have big, big problems, he says, with the way the media is portraying this struggle, in inverted commas. 96 included, he says, but especially RTE. It's the Irish people will suffer from that. Britain will do just fine. And after a while, so will Europe. If Europe wasn't an issue, we'd be negotiating our trade very differently. We are a passenger in a stolen car says Dennis, who appears to be giving us the message, stay friends with our closest neighbours and don't get into a bidding row between Britain and Europe because at the end of the day we should know where our friends are. And our friends are actually in London. Our friends are in in Britain, not necessarily across Europe and that we should stop being so nationalistic. And yeah, it'll be a bit of a pain in the arse for a while, But we'll get over it because Britain and us need each other. They need us as much as we need them. And it'll sort itself out in the fullness of time and not to be overly concerned. And he told the politicians to stop being so nationalistic about it. I wonder what you'd think. Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. Brenda was on on to talk about the development levy, the fact that if you do your house up now and it's more than 40 metres squared, you're going to have to give the council money. I wasn't overly impressed with it yesterday. I don't think you are either, Brenda. Good morning. Good morning. Um, no, I'm not. I'm disappointed, to say the least, about it. I set up my life that I would be able to build a house and happily out, but that wasn't to be. I, I, and I think I'm more cross and disappointed by this because the fact that we have now bought a house yeah. that we have to do up to be able to live in that we now can't have to save more to be able to afford to do what we want to do. So the time that we're going frame that we were looking at originally is now going to be pushed longer away. Yeah. Now, you were only able to buy a small cottage. You'll need to considerably extend it to to make it livable for yourself and your family. We bought a two-bedroomed cottage. The second bedroom isn't big enough for two single beds in it. Yeah. And I have two children. Yeah. So that puts us straight away into the situation where we have to mm. apply for planning permission to build an extension. And had you been looking at a, 
have you a drawing, for example, of what you want to do? No, because we've literally only signed the papers to buy the house about two weeks ago, three okay. weeks ago. Well, congratulations on that anyway. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. brilliant. It's brilliant. But yet this is making it disappointing. Because obviously you'll almost, if you have two small children, you know, they, uh, news for everyone involved, children get bigger <laughs> and will need more space. So you're going to have to practically double the size of this house. And almost, yeah. Like yeah. when we when we started out, we were living in a mobile home for four years, and we looked for planning permission. And to this, to move to this cottage looked like a castle to us. Yeah, it was amazing, incredible. Now with the second child here, it's starting to look smaller and smaller every day. Yeah. And we just we do need to do it. We need to yeah. extend. And the council and, says if you do that, then we want money off you. Yeah, absolutely, and. That means the time frame for us to move our second child into another bedroom is being pushed further away. He'll be sleeping in our bedroom possibly for the next four or five years. Yeah. Terry Shannon says that, look, it's always been there. And if you are developing, you need to pay a levy for, he called it the public realm and public services. What I really annoys me about it is I applied for planning permission on my own land. And I didn't get it because we didn't have a housing need at the time. Yeah. At the time, they gave a 50% reduction in the new build properties. But yes, we didn't have a need for that new property, even though we're living in a mobile home and had a child already, a second one on the way. And now that we have bought a property, they're smacking us again and saying, no, nope, we're not going to help you. Yeah. In, so fact, in fact, we want more money off you. Yeah, if there's a housing need out there, why are they not helping people to move into these houses that are there and help them renovate them to make them suitable for them? The people who were living here before us had to go on the affordable social housing list. So where does that make sense? Yeah. That's not a, that's not a, a housing crisis friendly policy, as you put it, Brenda. Thank you. No reason other than time. I'll stop it there. But you're one I think of a lot of people. Brenda's going to be. She got bought a little house. It's going. They're going to need to extend it, and the extension will bring them in line for this tax. Let's not call it a levy. It's a tax from City Hall. You have to wonder how fair that is. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Coming up this hour, you might have been a little bit concerned yesterday with regard to the COVID-19 vaccine and certain people, NHS workers, who were given the vaccine on Tuesday and suffered an allergic reaction to it. This is to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The general message coming back is calm down a bit, calm down a small bit. This is kind of normal. And we're going to delve into that question a little more later in the hour. And I'll also ask the question on behalf of Melissa, who I was talking to earlier on, that when it comes around to her turn to get the vaccine in the new year, because of her underlying condition, should it be the case that her entire family would get vaccinated at the same time? So that's coming this hour. 1850-715-996 is the number of the text of WhatsApp, 083 96 The email... 
his opinion at 96fm.ie. The uh, Twitter, of course, at OpinionLine96 with the hashtag of OL96 and the Cork's 96FM Facebook page. Message us there. And uh, mark your message, please, for the attention of the Opinion Line. And I know we're a couple of weeks away, two weeks today is Christmas Eve. We'll be breaking up on Christmas Eve after our special show. And we'll be back on the 4th of January. But in between two things happen. One, we'll have our Christmas Rewinds, our 2020 Rewind shows, running in the week between Christmas and New Year, just for an hour every day, just a few bits and pieces from the year. And also, of course, we will be manning the email, the email and watching the messages across the holiday season. So if you need to contact us for anything while we're away, just send us an email. We'll get back to you. But I get a dozen more times to tell you that between now and quitting time on Christmas Eve. Let us go, though, to a lovely story. I've seen a bit of this on Facebook and Instagram over the last couple of months. And a good friend of mine, formerly of this parish, Emmett Kennedy... Emmett, for a while, had what he more or less adopted a pet fox at uh, his home in Castlecomer in County Kilkenny. Beautiful looking little animal that used to come to visit himself and his ma'am of an evening. And other people have got foxes. I think, Cleaner, you, you've got one that's practically become a, a family pet. Good morning to you. Hi, how are you? Great. When did you come across the fox? Um, so... The fox was about three weeks old and my father got a phone call saying that his mother had died or their mother had died and would he take a few into his care. So we took two of them right. and we reared them. Um, we battle fed them and we fed them puppy nuts and reared them from when they were about two to three weeks old. Okay, so you literally adopted them as a baby rather than they adopting you as a family. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but we, we kept them out in the wild also. Like, we didn't enclose them or anything like that, you know. Yeah. Um, well, for the first maybe two weeks that we had them, we had them inside and then we kind of felt like they should be out, you know. Yeah. They're a wild animal and we left them out. But they kept coming every day for food and every time we'd call them, they'd come to us. They adopted you, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're in out near McCroom. I'm sorry I can't pronounce the townland. What's it called? Yeah, Rainery. 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 Right, yeah. near, near McCroom. So a good rural area and for for foxes to to thrive. Yeah. Uh, I think there's only one of them left now. Yeah, about 3 months ago one of them got knocked down on the road. Okay. So there's just the one left, but um at the same time I'd say a week later we actually got a puppy, a Springer, and the two of them Bonnie the puppy and the fox Foxy yeah, of course. Um, hit it off and Get yeah away. they're great buddies yeah. I'm looking at Cork Bio here and there's a gorgeous photograph of Foxy and, and the sibling drinking out of a a bowl oh, of milk yeah, that's Essie. yeah my dog Essie that's another dog and Essie um, only comes some days to the house but when she comes the fox loses her life yeah. oh, and, and there's a gorgeous yeah. photograph of those eyes and oh my god she's beautiful yeah she's and is beautiful. she tame like does she come up to you yeah so she'll come when I call her she'll come to me no problem um, but if there's anybody around she'll go she won't come if there's strangers around at all so she's but kind she, of bonded to you yeah yeah she goes like on what like I go down my brother lives on a farm and she goes down the land when I walk the dogs 
she'll go. She'll lead the way. And um, we have a timber yard at home, uh, sawmills close right. by McDonald, and she'll go down there and she'll run around the timber with the dogs. And yeah, she's and brilliant. Is, is she affectionate? Yeah, she's beautiful. She she really is. Like she, you know, the way a pup, a puppy will crawl up into your lap and jump up on the couch. Whatever. Will, will, does she come into the house to you? So originally she did. She would come in. But um, I don't bring her in, no. She, like, she's nervous. She's very nervous, I suppose, yeah. really. Nature of the beast, um, I guess. No, she she's would skittish. come in. Like, she'd come in the front door, no problem. But the cats are at the door, so <laughs> there's no getting past them. They'll give her a swipe if she comes near them. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yes, you have, you have cat bouncers. <laughs> yeah, so they, they I've one of those. I've one of those myself. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing will get past her. Yeah, yeah. God, but she's very affectionate. Yeah, she mm. smiles. She just smiles. She has an amazing smile. I suppose. Really, I'm telling you now, and people will laugh what you just said. And we're putting the pictures up on on Twitter. She actually has got a. She's beautiful. I can't get over her. Oh yeah, she's smi- like when I call her when I come home and I like I call her and she comes and she starts smiling. She opens her mouth. Um, like with delight, like you know, she's really affectionate. You were telling Terry, I think that smile means a lot to you. Yeah, I suppose. Um, my father passed away um, two months ago now, and I'm sorry. I say her smile possibly is actually getting bigger since then. You know, so maybe I'm not sure what it is, but um, she was very close to my father as well. You know, he. He reared her okay. Okay. with me. So. Sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. But no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. I'm sorry. He, I'm sure he'd be getting a great laugh. At, um, Do you know the... what it is, though, Cleana, about our animals? You know, whether they're wild and we adopt them or they're our domestic animals, they get it. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, when, yeah, when we're do. not ourselves, they get it. Yeah, she's a great... Like, she's a great distraction, I suppose, and... Like as I say, she goes down the land, down the farm, and she she even plays fetch <laughs> with a ball, and yeah, you know, yeah, she's it's she like and she follows you around as well, does she? Yeah. Oh yeah, she goes like, and she knows the route of the walk down through the fields, the different fields they go through, and she's at the gate, and like she's waiting, like at the gate. Where, like, where does she mad. sleep? Um, so she, I, I think she sleeps up the top of the field and there's a cattle shed up there and I think she kind of sleeps up that direction by the cattle shed, I okay. think. So you haven't put a bed out for her or anything, no? No, no. Like, she's really nervous. Like, she won't... Oh, she finds her own... She probably has her own little den somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because when I feed her, like, every day we feed her and she runs off with the food. <laughs> so she's hiding it somewhere I think yeah. so there's a, there's a lovely combination there of, of her natural instinct as a, as a beautiful wild creature and, and the yeah. affection for you as the person who I feel like took her in yeah yeah there is there is she's so gentle even like feeding her meat like she takes it out of my hand you know yeah. and like she'll never snap it you know she'll just gently take it like yeah. they, there's no snapping her at all yeah. Now that's not to say if you had a hen that she wouldn't kill it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm amazed. I'm amazed about the cat because one thing about having cats is you you've got to be really careful with foxes because you know the the local dogs will never catch a cat on its own territory, but the foxes will. But there's no problem with the she she comes no, on the walk like, with the dog and and the cats the cats keep her out of the house. 
Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, they, they like, they're out the back of the house and when we feed them, like, they all eat nearly out of the same bowl, the cats and the fox. Yeah. You know, they're all just hanging around and, mm. and you, they get you, on point. And you take the dog out for a walk, she tags on, that's the best bit, like, that's gas. Oh yeah, she goes following and um, Essie, my dog, if she's there, like, you'll hear the fox screaming, I've never heard anything like it, it's really? like a child. Yeah, she screams on top of her voice. It's like a child screaming right. um, with excitement and she'll lie down in front of her wagging her tail really? and wanting her to play. Yeah, it's very unusual. Crikey. Yeah. So she's so delighted to see Essie. She lets a little roar out of her. Yeah, and Essie has no interest whatsoever in her. She's like, <laughs> get her away from me. <laughs> Listen, I think she's gorgeous. We've got the photographs that we put up on Twitter now. She's way too cute, like she really is. She's beautiful. Clean yeah, listen, good luck with good luck good luck with her. And man, what was your dad's name? Um Donald O'Leary. Okay, well my condolences on your loss. Thank it'll you. it'll be a rough old Christmas, but you know what? What might help is that lovely smile from Foxy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, look after yourself. Thanks very much. Cheers, Lena. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Pictures are on Twitter now. If you have, uh, you'd want to have a heart of pure stone, not to be totally taken in by that. But I remember this during the the first lockdown in particular in springtime when the obviously there was more sunshine and more light, and with loads of foxes. And I live up on Maryborough Hill there, and we have a fox coming in off Douglas Golf Course. And comes over onto the green opposite our house. And you'd often see them at first light in the morning. And at dusk, they come out. They're such beautiful creatures. But like she said, they're, they're really skittish. Like, you never get to approach one. They'll come to you and they'll adopt you. And they might take some food off of you. But they, they run away to their own devices very, very quickly. But Foxy has adopted Tina's family. Runs off to her own little den... Takes her food off to her own little den, but that's a lovely story. Lovely. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96 FM. We used to do these years ago. Uh, we used to call them Kugel searches. I know, corny as hell, like. Kugel right? searches, where someone would call us looking for something that they needed or that they couldn't find or that maybe the hive mind of our listenership might be able to help them with. And I I don't necessarily plan on making them a big feature of the show again unless Terry absolutely loves the idea. We, 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 I don't know, we we might, we might. They used to be a lot of fun with these. We got some strange things for people in very strange places. But caller rang to say, remember you used to do Kugel searches? Yeah, well, I'm looking for something and maybe you can help. This is nor fruity curry sauce. I remember it. I remember it well. Nor fruity curry sauce. My daughter is vegan. She loves it, but I can't find it now in the last couple of months. I've even gone as far as trying to ring nor themselves, if anybody could help. Straight away, places like Mr. Price would spring to mind, or somewhere like Iceland, which stocks a lot of British products. 
might spring to mind. But if anyone knows where she might get nor, this is crazy, nor vegetable or fruity curry sauce, let us know. And we'll see if the Google search hive mind is working. Thank you, caller. 1850-715-996. Now, Jane, how old is Daniel at this stage? Good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Um, he's seven. Seven. Okay. And what's been his problem for the last while? Um, Daniel went to school in September, um, completely normal. And when I went to collect him, the teacher called me over and said, all the side of Daniel's face is after swelling. Um, so I contacted my doctor. We ended up in hospital. And by the Sunday, it actually looked like he had a golf ball in the side of his cheek. Yeah. So um, Tuesday, um, we were told then he was having surgery in Galway um, Wednesday morning. Um, so we had that done. And um, you're waiting then for a biopsy. And that came back um, inconclusive. So we were told that um, Daniel needed um, an MRI and then we would go from there to see what the next stage would uh, be. Our fantastic consultant thinks he may have a condition called Langfangioma, um, but he needs the he needs the MRI. The, 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 the last the last syllable oma worries me. Um, look, it's not it's it's not a life threatening condition. Right. But you um, need to get at it quickly. But but look, it needs to be looked at. And at the end of the day, you know, as amazing our, as our consultant is, you know, he thinks he may have it. And as a parent, if you're told by someone, your child, 95% has this, you look at the 5%, yeah. not the 95%. Of and, P- part of the diagnosis, it. though, will be an MRI. Yeah, so he needs an MRI. We are now 11 weeks post-surgery. And um, we, I have a verbal confirmation of an appointment in January, not written. But at the end of the day, by the time that comes, we will have been waiting about 16 weeks, 16 which weeks. no child should have to wait. And there are children in a much worse And if you don't mind me asking, are you public or private patients? I'm private. You're private. Now, this is the other... Well, now, look, we're public for an MRI because you can't get it done privately in Ireland. And that's what a lot of people, you know, have come to say. I mean, people have offered us money towards getting the MRI done. I mean, how generous people are is is amazing. But the problem is when a child is getting an MRI, um, they need a paediatric anesthesiologist. And that may be to put them under a general anesthetic or if they need a contrast dye, that has to be done by peds. And in Ireland, that is completely lacking. So it's it's not like you and me. If I need an MRI for for my bad back, I can have it in private clinic in a couple of days, but not for Daniel. No, not for a child. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like I know my child is going to get this soon and we are going to be sorted. But like I've started um, this campaign so that no other child has to go through this. I mean, in the Irish Times on the 2nd of December, um, they said that children are waiting four to seven years in Crumlin. Now, how can a parent leave a child four to seven years? I mean, you just wouldn't be able to sleep yeah. at night. No, you wouldn't. And and you, you wonder what's going on inside their little body. Yeah, and I mean, the, the consultants, I feel sorry for them because they're doing everything in their power to try and get it, but the services just aren't there. And I mean, if coronavirus has taught us anything, 
the money can be found. Oh, it, yeah. It's enough of an emergency. And this is an emergency. Yeah. So I have started um, a petition um, to the Irish government um, that they not only need to make a long-term plan, but they need to do something immediately to solve this problem so no child has to wait. There's, there's children waiting for scoliosis um, operations, which they can't have without an MRI. Yeah. And they're waiting two years for yeah. an MRI. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's disgusting, actually. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's just completely wrong. So even if my child will be sorted, I will do this for every other child in Ireland. And it's not a new problem. No. My other child actually had an MRI um, about seven years ago. And I remember ringing to say, oh, we haven't been called yet. And they said, oh, God, you know, you're talking six months. Yeah. And I mean... I just couldn't believe it. I said, well, you know, can we go private? And they're like, no, you can't. Yeah. So that's the other problem is not only is um, the public system full of the children from the public system, but it's also full of the children from the private sector. Yes. Which means that the waiting list is even longer. So if they could make it available privately, you know, there are some people that have VHI and there are some people that can find the money to, to pay for it. I mean, it would take so much pressure off the public system. So what I'm asking is every parent in Ireland would sign this petition. Now, it may not affect you now, but our child's health changed from dropping him to school to collecting him. Yes. Anyone that hopes to be a parent someday, anyone who is a grandparent or an auntie or an uncle or you train little kids at football or you're a teacher, I mean, everyone should sign this because you do not know when it will knock on your doorstep. And I think that a lot of people, Jane, might not know, and it's a key part of our conversation here, that you have, for argument's sake, VHI or Leah or any one of them for the family and you're lucky enough to be able to pay it and all of that. But that will be of no use to you if six-year-old Johnny needs an MRI. No use. No use. And so many people, I suppose also aren't aren't aware that these waiting lists exist until they need the service. And that's what I found in the last um, kind of 12 hours since I started the campaign, that people were just flabbergasted that this is the situation. What kind of response are you getting so far? Not enough, to be honest. Not where I hoped, not where I hoped to be. I had 3,000 signatures. Right. It's, it's, it's not enough. Um, I've had some amazing people. Um, Keith Higgins from the Mayo football team, you know, himself and a lot of the lads shared it. I'm lucky that I have some contacts in social media that has shared it. But it's just, it's not enough. Look, we need to be up at a 70,000 signatures for the government to look at it. So I'm asking anyone that's listening today, if you have a social media following, if you know someone with a social media following that would share this campaign, yeah. get on your phone yourself, WhatsApp it to your, fran- your friends, your family, share it on social media, email it to work colleagues. Just help me make yeah. this viral. And it, this isn't just for Daniel. Like, you know, obviously he's my number one priority. Of course. And I know we're going to get an MRI soon. But it's just that no other child should have to wait like yeah. this. And no other parent. You're, you're based in the west of Ireland, obviously, Jane. Um, and but but would you like to get the whole thing out to to the four corners of the country? We'll share it on our social platforms, certainly, so Thank people can so look much. at it. Because I I know 
I don't even have to guess. I know that there are people with similar stories to you here in Cork listening right now. Oh, look and to, worse. I always, I've said this from day one when this happened. Can you imagine being a parent and your child is waiting five months for an MRI? And you're told then, now this isn't that I think we're going to get this news or anything like that, but you're told your child is stage four incurable cancer. You will never, ever know, had you have got an MRI four months previous, would your news have been different? You'll never know, was he, he or she at stage four then? Yeah. Or was he or she at stage one then? Yes. You'll never know, how, would your news have been different if you got that MRI? Yes. And I mean, I don't know how people in government sleep at night knowing that this that this is this is going on. And they do know because I've been in contact with TDs. I've contacted the Minister of Health. I've contacted the Taoiseach. I've I've gone down that route first and I've tried all that and I'm I've got nowhere. I'm banging my head against two walls. Yeah. Here's a question that's come in and again I suppose to reiterate the situation for this caller who says, is it possible to go to a clinic like Aphidea, get the MRI done, get the disc and bring it to the hospital and get the doctors there to see that MRI? No, not. Well, it depends on their age. And that's that's another, I suppose, issue I had. We tried to get it done in the bonds in Galway and they said, no, that Daniel would need to go under a general anaesthetic. Now, I know that Daniel would sit through an MRI with no general anaesthetic. You know, look, you could have a 10-year-old that wouldn't sit and you would have a 7-year-old that could sit. But my opinion was never asked on how I thought my child would cope through an MRI. It's it's how it's done and and that's that's the whole of it. It's just hospital policy when they're at a certain age and they want them under under a general anaesthetic. Okay, if anybody wants to follow you on Instagram and see more about this Ginny Glow with capital J and capital G is your, your gram and they can we'll, we'll share the, the petition on our social as well because as I said it's lots and lots of people it's done now lots and lots of people who will identify with this in, in Cork City and County Jane I wish you well with it I wish Daniel the best I hope that when it does come the news is good Thank you so much for inviting me on and your time. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Jane Buckley, 1850-715-996. She's based in the west of Ireland, but the petition is very simple. It says that MRI services for children in Ireland are dangerously long waiting lists. Urgent help is needed. Uh, At present, your only option for an MRI for a child is through the broken public system. You can't get it done privately. The public system lacks the equipment and staff to run it. We need the HSE, Government, Minister of Health to come up with a long-term plan. We've shared it on our social. They want to get 5,000 signatures. Let's see if we can't raise a few for them. Uh, we've 2,829 up there now. And yes, look, it's from the west of Ireland, but you know what? I guarantee you that listening to me right now is a parent in a very similar situation to Jenny. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Triscoll are celebrating their 10th Christmas at Triscoll Christchurch with the traditional lineup of Christmas movies. They're showing them up at Christmas Carol and it's wonderful life at Triscoll 
Cinema from Thursday 17th to Sunday 20th of December with tickets on sale now from their website. Access all areas. 80s iconic pop star Belinda Carlisle will celebrate her rich musical catalogue with her Decades Tour. The tour spans 20 dates across the UK and Ireland in October and November next year, including a show at the Opera House on November 1st. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing AAA at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Court's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Court's 96FM. Do you remember what I said? That it wouldn't be long before someone would be on saying they're in a similar, if not worse, situation to Jane. Julie, when did we talk before? Good morning. Morning, PJ. Uh, yeah, we've spoken before about Connor in relation to verbal dyspraxia and uh, DLD. Yes. Um, so we're in a similar position to Jane. We're waiting on an MRI for Connor. Um, I think we're nearly waiting 12 months now at this stage. So I just wanted to, to ring to say, like as Jane said, it can affect any family at any time. So pick up the phone and, and, and sign that petition. Yeah. A year. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, Connor would have newer developmental, um, you know, I suppose we're just doing investigations and just ruling things out more than ruling things in. But yes. we are waiting on that MRI, so um, like you won't be classed as urgent as James on there, but it is still a wait list. Um, and at the moment, as far as my understanding is, it has to be uh, Dublin. 
unless they get approval for a paediatric anesthesiologist in Cork, which our uh, paediatrician consultant did say they are hoping to get. Because he'd have to be asleep for it, would he? He would, yeah, yeah. He's only six, yeah, he would. Yeah. God, it's worrying. I know you say it's not particularly urgent, but it, it determines the decision-making process and and you need the answer now, not in a year's time. Well, it does because, you know, it is part of a, an investigative process. So, you know, it does have an impact on his level of care, ultimately. So, um, and, you know, diagnosis may be held up as, you know, waiting for their MRI results and so forth. So, yeah, his access to care is dependent on, on the, the outcome of this. So, um, you know, I, I really just wanted to make the point, again, it can be any family, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Listen, Julie, thank you for the call and my best of luck to Connor. And I hope to goodness that comes around soon. But there you go. I told you. I told you we'd hear from people within minutes of talking to Jane. Julie's the first, and I can see three or four lines lighting. Uh, a year for Connor. I guarantee you there's someone there on two years. Uh, because of the situation with a children's MRI, and Jane made it really clear, if a child needs an MRI, it's not like you can rock up to the matter private or affidea with your insurance, like thankfully those of us who can afford it we can, and, and have the child get their MRI there and then, and you can't do that. Can't do that. They have to go through the existing public system, which is, which is broken. Very broken. 1850-715-996. Just before I move on, I want to do our audio, because if I don't, I'll forget it. So give me about 30 seconds there, Professor. We're giving away a chance to win a 500 euro gift card this week for Carib Oil. It's a great practical gift. We need you to identify a Christmas movie on text or WhatsApp at 083 396 with your name and the name of the Christmas movie. I'll draw a qualifier before the end of the show and that person will go into the draw tomorrow. We'll have five qualifiers and three cards. So good odds. Here's today's Christmas movie with Coraboyle. Oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now news broke yesterday, which was worrying when we heard it first, and now the BBC is reporting that people with a history of significant allergic reactions should maybe not have the new Pfizer Biontech COVID vaccine. Comes after two workers in the NHS had allergic reactions on Tuesday after they got the vaccine. The advice they say, the regulatory agency in the UK is saying that the advice applies to those who've had reactions to medicines, <coughs> thank you, pardon, to food or to other vaccines. These two people had a reaction shortly after getting the vaccine, but they are okay now. Professor Kingston Mills uh, from TCD. Kingston, it's worrying, but, on the, but, but should we be worried? Uh, good morning, PJ. Yes. Um, no, I, I don't think um, we should be too worried about this. Um, allergic reactions are quite rare, and the number of people um, that have uh, allergies to various products, uh, medicines, um, foodstuffs, and normally they would carry an EpiPen. This is a, an adrenaline shot which they take if they get a reaction. And um, 
sometimes um, vaccines can, in, in rare occasions, result in allergic reactions in individuals where something in the vaccine they're sensitive to and they don't know that in advance. Mm. Now, as a precautionary, the UK authorities have said just don't give the vaccine at this stage to, to anyone who has a severe allergic sensitivity. Mm. And that's a sensible uh, uh, approach. I mean, there have been lots of cases of allergic reactions in the past to vaccines, but they would never make the headlines. Um, yeah. And in fact, in this trial, for, uh, there was one case of, of allergic reaction in, in one of the people that got the vaccine. So it's not all that surprising. Mm. Is, it, is it a reaction, or do you think, to, to a component of what's in the bottle rather than the vaccine itself? Is that it? it it's very hard to know. Like, yeah. For example, um, with the influenza vaccine, it's um, made bizarrely in hen eggs that are that's the way the virus is grown and people that have a, an allergy to to um, eggs uh, sometimes um, have a response a reaction to to the flu vaccine so because residual proteins from the hen egg would be in in the viral preparation that's used to make the vaccine so that's an example of how it can happen with flu in the case of the coronavirus vaccine we re- really don't know at this stage what what was the factor that precipitates it, that'll have to be investigated. I was listening to uh, a professor from Queen's University on radio this morning talking about this very same thing, and he likened it to some people have, like you mentioned eggs, some people have an allergy to peanuts, some people have an allergy to certain fruits and vegetables, fish maybe. You don't know you have the allergy until it hits you first, and it's as natural as that. Yeah, I mean, there are people that they would know that they have a, like a peanut or a, a nut allergy or a shellfish. Those are, those are you know, relatively common. Um, pe- people just avoid those foods. But sometimes, you know, if you get, uh, you know, a, a food that's contaminated, for example, with nuts that they wouldn't know about, they could get a reaction. That's why they always have to be very wary, the people who have these allergic reactions. And most of them that have severe allergies will carry these pens that self-inject themselves with the adrenaline that, that, that prevents the severe reaction. So it, it's, it's it's not it's not all that um, uncommon. So it, it, it you know, I, I don't think it's anything particularly to be to, to have a major concern about the vaccine. And it's a, as a precaution, they've just said, look, don't give it to someone with an allergic reaction. Yeah. There may be other vaccines that will come along that 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 won't um, cause a problem in these particular individuals. And Question in from a listener and professor. They're saying people with severe al- allergies, but allergies to what is the question? Yeah, I mean, there are different allergies that different peoples have. You know, it, it, you know, it's the severe ones, the ones that are really life-threatening allergies that can cause a severe allergic reaction. A lot of people have sort of minor food intolerances. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, somebody that gets a, that have a, that has a bee sting allergy that really gets a severe reaction to a sting or gets a severe reaction if they, if they come in contact with something like nuts or, or, egg, or egg products. Yeah. People will know about it if they have this because yeah. they would have had it before. The two NHS workers involved had, according to the BBC's website here, they had an anaphylactoid reaction, yeah, a skin reaction. Yeah. breathlessness yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite an, uh, an alarming thing um, when it happens. Um, I'm not a medic, but I understand that that, that it's quite alarming. And, and but it can be treated um, very very easily with this EpiPen injection, yeah. the adrenaline, which just stops the the effects of it, and 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 then it just goes away effectively. So 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 it, it is very treatable. Yeah, we we talked only in the last couple of weeks, Professor Mills, about the the rollout of the vaccines. We know that the European medicines medicine 
Medicines Agency is supposed to meet on the 29th of December when we think, we, we, we're, we expect that the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine will be um, approved for distribution here and it's possibly Moderna will follow in a later meeting. How quickly do you think it'll be before we can start to get injections for the most vulnerable people here? Well, I mean, the, the U.S. are expected to, to announce today that they're going to approve it at the FDA meeting today, and they expect to be able to vaccinate people tomorrow in the wow. U.S. So that quickly in the U.S. And I'd imagine here um, it'll be a little slower because the logistics are going to be a bit greater in that, you know, you've got 27 countries involved. And that's, that's partly why the EU has been slower to do this than, than the U.K. or the U.S., because you're legislating for 27 countries. And then you have to, you know, the, 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 the EU has a deal, a joint deal with the company Pfizer, BioNTech, um, to buy the vaccine. But then obviously it has to be distributed to each of those countries. And it's not as easy here to do it as it would be in the UK or the US, because, you, you, know, you, you know, it's just the physical numbers of countries and, yeah. and, and getting it there. So I'd imagine that we would be seeing the vaccine here early in January, assuming it's approved at the end of, of, of December. Exciting Very times. early in January. Very interesting question came in to me this morning from uh, a person I was speaking to on the show. She's in a high-risk category. She's got a severe chronic form of asthma and she can't wait to get vaccinated and she'll be in one of the priority groups. Her concern was, Professor, that should her two healthy sons and her very healthy partner, should they also be able to get the vaccine on the same day so the whole family can be squared away in one sitting? Um, I, I mean, my understanding is no. Um, the first priority are going to be to people um, in nursing homes and then the healthcare, uh, high-risk healthcare workers who are dealing with COVID-19 patients, which are very high risk. And then it will be the sort of uh, the older population, um, you know, in stages going from 85 down, over 85 down. But it won't be for people who are living with or in contact with those individuals. They will be part, as I, I understand it from what yeah. I've read, part of the, the sort of the later group that will um, yeah. see what we're trying to it do. It would seem to make sense, though, wouldn't it? It would, but if you think about it, what what this I mean, this vaccine at the moment we don't know if it prevents infection. Right. We know it prevents disease, and what we want to do first of all is to stop people ending up in hospital and dying from COVID nineteen. And the people at risk of doing that are the older people, are people with underlying medical conditions, not those in contact with them. Mm. So so they may get it, but you know if they're young and healthy, they'll recover from it. Ninety nine percent of people get this recover with. It. Um, so, so you know, the, the, the case is very strong to give it to those that are more likely to end up in hospital I first, see. and that makes sense. I see. And, and lastly and briefly, you, you alluded to something there. How, how quickly will it be, Professor, b- before we know that the vaccine does or doesn't prevent me from being infectious? It prevents me from getting sick, but it doesn't prevent me from being infectious. How soon before we might know that? Well, it's interesting. The, 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 the trials that were, te- were done, the, the phase three trials of the three different vaccines we know about, the Pfizer, the Moderna and the AstraZeneca, only one of those trials tested the ability of the vaccine to prevent infection. That was the AstraZeneca vaccine. And the data was published in the last two days in the Lancet on that. And the evidence for it preventing infection is pretty um, um, uh, not great. 
um, there is mild evidence that it might prevent infections. In other words, there were some, it reduced the number of people that were asymptomatic that got the, got the vaccine, but the, the, the reduction was pretty minor. So that suggests that the vaccine isn't going to be as good at preventing infection as it is at disease. Now, in the case of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, the way the clinical trial was set up, they only looked for people who developed disease. They didn't swab everybody and test them for the virus every week like they did with the AstraZeneca vaccine. So they won't know from the, the, the clinical trial, no matter how long it goes, unless they start swabbing people, which they won't. And the only way you're going to find that out is by general use of the vaccine mm. over a number of months. So we won't know for several months if, if the vaccines prevent infection as well as disease. But the likelihood is that even if they don't prevent infection, they will reduce significantly the spread of the virus because they're reducing the load of the virus in the people yeah. and therefore stopping them getting disease, so they'll probably spread it less. So ah, I gotcha. So it's pretty optimistic, to be honest, that, that you know, this, this vaccine will, or these vaccines, plural, hopefully we'll see several of them um, licensed. That, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is the beginning of the end in terms of, of um, you know, certainly hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. If everybody, if the public buy into it, and it is about public buy-in as well, yeah. you know, people have to, it's not just the older people, the people with underlying medical conditions that have to get the vaccine. Everybody has to take it. Now, that is, they're not going to be, the, 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 the vaccine in the States was only licensed for, or in Canada um, and, the, and the UK for people over 16. So it would be everybody from 16 to, to 85 and beyond need to take this vaccine. And that's, that's eventually how we're going to eliminate um, COVID-19 or at least reduce it to levels that we can manage. Okay. All right. Listen, Professor Mills, thank you very much as always. Professor Kingston Mills, uh, the Professor of Experimental Immunology at uh, Trinity College in Dublin. As Meg says, uh, one of the best contributors, uh, always factual, never scaremongering. And good to hear them on. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to find out about that allergic thing. Look, it's like being allergic to eggs or peanuts or fish. Some people are. And if you have a severe reaction to something, if you have a severe allergy that you know about or your child has, well, maybe wait with regard to this vaccine. And in answer to Melissa's question from earlier, he doesn't think that that will be the plan, that she'll get the vaccine when she's due to have the vaccine, but that the rest of her family will have to wait until it comes to be their turn because if she is vaccinated and she should happen to get infected, then she won't get sick or will get a lot less sick. Uh, The question of whether she'll be infectious, we won't know for months yet. Yeah, this is in the news this morning. I wonder what you think of it. I would like to know, end-of-term school celebrations are likely to be restricted uh, according to co- because of COVID-19. The Department of Education is issuing new advice that things like nativity plays not on this year. Parents won't be able to attend any end-of-term school celebrations under strict public health guidelines. The schools are now being told to record the performances so that parents and families can watch them online. This is in the Irish Times which says the Department of Education will issue new advice against all sorts of gatherings at schools like choirs or music indoors. Outdoor performances could be considered as alternative options where possible. But no Christmas play, no nativity play, no Christmas choir this year. Uh, not going to happen. The Department of Education are going to stop it from happening. I would suggest myself that most schools have already taken a decision 
not to do something for safety's sake. But the Department of Education is now going to issue instructions. Another thing too that might not be able to happen this year is all of these little trinkets and parcels brought in for teacher, you know, candles and boxes of chocolates and all that for the teacher. And I'm sorry, but in my controversial opinion, that's no bad thing. Really no bad thing. It's competitive, it's daft, you've parents spending a fortune on teachers' presents. It's nice to give a little token. That's grand. But it's gone from being a little token to being almost a competitive sport. You parents in WhatsApp groups, how much did you spend on Mrs. O'Sullivan's present? A fiver, a fiver. Oh, I spent 25 quid. Yeah. So that might not be a thing this year either. Here's hoping it won't. 1850-715-996. Some updates on our Kugel search, Bagar. Ah, yeah. Nor fruity curry sauce. I used to be able to get it in Ryan's Super Value in Grange. When my friend came over from Wales, she couldn't get it over there. Another one, haven't been able to get that jar for months. I used to take, used to use it all the time. No doubt someone would blame it on Brexit. That you can't get it anymore. But if anyone knows where you can get it, uh, the Nor fruity curry sauce. A listener would love to know. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 1850-715-996 the number, the text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696 email opinion at 96fm.ie John on vaccines says as the vaccine is being rolled out I have decided not to take it they're saying now that people might be stopped from attending concerts and matches unless they have proof they've taken the vaccine there was a big camp. There was a big campaign about my body, my choice, but it seems it's only the case in certain situations. Well, first of all, John, I have not seen any official comment that says you won't be allowed into a match or you won't be allowed to go to a concert unless you can prove you've been vaccinated. Uh, I know that there may be some airlines, Qantas, for example, being one. There are some airlines that may not let you fly unless you have proof of a vaccine, having been vaccinated. But there's a lot of talk going around, oh, you won't be able to go to the match, you won't be able to go to the cinema, you won't be able to go here, you won't be able to go there without having a a vaccine, proof of a vaccine. And most of that is is being spewed by, by idiots who are trying to tell us that vaccines are going to destroy us all and that we're they've all got there's a great story going around some idiot out there thinks that into each vaccine they're putting a microchip so that you can be tracked by Bill Gates so that he knows how to charge you money for using your computer I mean it's just like it's this kind of and I'll use the word sorry no bleep machine at the ready bullshit that's going around at the moment that has please stop it stop it now before it even gets a hold in your mind but John it is still your choice if you choose not to take it that's, that is your choice absolutely I'd rather you took the other choice but you know yourself 1850-715-996 Linda Kelly was on we had Linda on earlier in the week with regard to the changing of maternity restrictions at Cork University Maternity Hospital. She's just been back on the phone there, Terry, during the news bulletin to say, COH have now confirmed that from this coming Monday, partners of pregnant women will be able to attend 
the 20-week scan. That was a, a recommendation that came down from HSE. And when Linda was last on the programme, she explained to me that, yes, that instruction comes down from HSE, but as an autonomous unit, as it were, CUMH will make its own decision. She's now back on to say that the decision has been taken, according to her contacts in CUMH, that from next Monday, the 15th, isn't it, or the 14th of December, partners of pregnant women will be able to attend the 20-week scan. And I know that will go down very well with those people. I suppose the 12-week scan is next. Thank you for that, Linda. 1850-715-996. Now, Tom, we have notified City Council of your story uh, this morning, and they've told us that they want to go in have a look at the situation and they'll be back to us. So so let's just bring ourselves up to speed. You and I talked this morning um, after your, the last or we, the last time we talked was after your wife died. Wasn't right, it? Uh, yeah, yeah. How long and ago was that now, Tom? When you were doing the cancer um, Oh, the Radiothon. Really? The Radiothon. No. Yeah. When did, we, when did we talk last, Tom? When, well, we didn't talk. We were inside in the city hall doing the, the cancer campaign, remember that? Oh, I see. Uh, I, I see. met you in there, but um, you were too busy, like, you were doing, you know, yeah. the work. This happens, doing, unfortunately, like. yeah. So, you, your your wife passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, she passed in 2017. Um, and then I had another three uh, in the same year. I had my two sisters and my niece. Okay. Tough, tough old time. Aye, yeah, but this is what's out there than me. And you have two daughters, and they both have special needs. Yeah, Down syndrome and spina bifida. Yeah. Okay, and you have, you're you're caring for them, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What ages are they, Tom? Um, Danny is twenty-five. Karen was thirty last week. Okay, okay. And you live in a in a council house. Yeah. Um, and Congress. and what's the situation? Well. Uh, about four weeks ago, I, I noticed there was a leak in the rad, the pipe. Now, I worked with the council for 30 years before the wife passed away, so, you know, you kind of have some insight to what's happening, like. So, I reported it, and he told me put a towel under it, and he gets somebody up. I said, fine. But I had three appointments with my daughter for the hospital, which she, she was brought in last Wednesday week for... Um, they were doing some procedure on her, and mm-hmm. she has to go back again next week now to get the same procedure done in the Mercy. So I didn't want to bring her out because, you know, I have flooring that's 13 years old. I have no skirting boards. Uh, the smell, even the lads from the council said to me, take it up, it's starting to smell. Mm-hmm. So I took it up. It's all outside my door looking in at me. Um, I reported it, and... I was sitting here on the Friday and I heard all the... I thought it was a snake in the house, the way it was hissing. Mm-hmm. But whatever look I gave, I see the water just flowing. I mean, the flooring was only down six weeks. You know, I got the whole house painted. I, you know, trying to bring myself up a bit, like... Yeah, of course. Because we were 40 years together and, you know, it's a big loss, like... Yeah. And, um, you know, I, 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 went, I left my daughter there. She's down syndrome. I don't leave her on her own. Yeah. Because she can't use a phone or anything like that. My other daughter can, Danielle. Yeah. So I don't mind running running to the shop. So like I had four days to myself in the last ten months. Yeah. Do you know? So like this is this is worse now like that. 
you know, that that could happen. So you, you notified the council a I month was down there, yeah. And we had a run-in, because I told him he could have prevented all that if he had done what, he's, what he was supposed to have done, yeah. send somebody up. Yeah. Four, it's four weeks ago since you told them about the leak and no one has come yet. No, they brought up a humidifier. It uh, was there for three weeks and when they came back there was nothing in it because it was after seeping down under all the, the flooring. There was three layers of flooring there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's still leaking? No, no, they, they fixed it. They, put, they had to put a new ride. Okay. But um, it was the point that even the hall now is starting to smell so I have to take all that up. Yeah. Because, like, Danielle is prone to infection. Yes. You know, she's prone to infection. She can get an infection at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And that's my worry because... You've been protecting her from the corona, I'd say, for the months, last well, few months. Well, as I said, they were locked down from March until, um, was it three weeks ago, we were locked down. So, my, you know, the farthest I could go to was the super value across the road. Yeah. That was my, and if there was a crow there, then I'd have to come back. Yeah, I know. couldn't leave them on their own. Yeah. You know, because... So for all the water, from all the water that seeped out of the red when it, when it, when it burst, your, your floors are, are wrecked and they're starting to smell and I suppose they're starting to crack, are they? Well, as I said, they, they, everything is outside the door. PJ. Oh, it's all gone up now. You've no, you've no flooring. All they have now is... A, what are you piece, walking on? A piece of floor that I have for the last 15 years is down. Nice. You know? Um, but it's the hall now that is starting, so I'll have to take all that up. Okay. And as I said, it's only, it was only down six weeks before, you know, damp, that, that it, this the happened. The damp like, and the dirt and the smell. You know, even the lads from the council said to me, take it up, Tanji, because everybody, my nickname is Tanji, nobody <laughs> calls me Tom. Yeah. I have Tanji since I was 10, that's 53 years, so... <laughs> You know, that's the only way people know me is by Tanji because nobody yeah. calls me Tom. Not yeah. even the kids, they don't call me that. They're not dad out Tanji. But yeah. um, I said, you know, I, I would have kept going up and down to him. But unfortunately, I had the to go to the hospital with the young one for the checkups and, you know, her kidneys and her bladder and the yeah. catheter and all, you know what I mean? So I didn't take much notice of it until that Friday when it burst. So I left my daughter there, Carolyn, which I never do, because, you know, she just opened the door or someone knocked at the door. Yeah. You know, so I couldn't leave her on her own. So I just left the door open. I have fantastic neighbours, really fantastic neighbours. So I ran straight down, and I told them, and I told them, I said, it's your fault. You could have prevented all this if you had sent someone up. And yeah. he said, I did. I said, you didn't, because I was here all the time. So he, he was trying to dig himself over a hole that he dug for himself by saying he yeah. sent someone up. Yeah. So that last Friday week, I had a phone call at 10 to 3 from a plumber saying, I got a text here um, at 10 to 2, you have a leak. I said, I haven't got a leak. I said, I have a swimming pool. Yeah. That's what I have. Now, the lads that came up, um, he turned off the rad because... I know not in the boat, and I wasn't going to get myself involved in something. I know not in the boat because oh, yeah. it could make it worse. But eighteen towels that I had belonged to myself and the kids. They have their own towels. I used every one of them to stop her from going into the girls' room. God, see. So, no so from the day you first notified them, yeah, to the day the plumber came out and sorted it, how long was that period of time? A week. 
A week? Yeah. Yeah. So it was leaking for a week? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't leaking for a week. Oh, yeah, it was leaking for a week, but when it bursted, you know, there wasn't, there was only just drops, but it was getting to the floor, you know, it was kind of, of staining the floor. So I went down, I told him, he said, put a towel on or I get somebody up. Mm. You know, so e- like, 18 towels later, says you. Exactly. But that, the only reason I went down there was the kitchen. I, I didn't mind the bathroom because it's a wet room, so yeah. that could get wet anywhere. But it's the kitchen and the girls' room were, you know, yeah. my priority. So I just made a half moon shape of towels, towel after towel, to stop it from going down until the plumber came sure, and of course it's gone down into the boards as well. And... It's it is, yeah. So. Okay. Like, well, as I said, now, Tom, what we've done, we've sent a note. I appreciate that, Peter, because, and, you know... And it, it takes a while, and as you'll appreciate, they don't comment on individual <laughs> cases. That's the usual yeah. one. But but hopefully they'll come back with some kind of a policy answer on what you might go about doing now. But clearly, this leak uh, has caused damage to your flooring, so you want to know if you've got some comeback. Well, you know, that's what I, that's what I wanted to know. Like, as I said... You know, it could have been prevented. That's that's why I'm so angry with this this person. Yeah. You know, yeah. he could have prevented all this by sending up what he said he did. Like if that plumber had come the following morning or the following afternoon, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. see, there then you come to accountability. Yeah, there's no accountability here because all you have to say is that I sent someone up, he wasn't there. Then, as you know yourself, you have a thing called a pre-call. I have a plumber coming up. Yeah. Will you be there? Yeah, they text you to say the plumber's coming yeah. or, or, the, or the plumber will call you to say, I got a call to your house, are you there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got none of that. Okay. So, as Tom, again... Whatever know. they come back with, we, we will, we'll pass on to you and see if anything can be done here. But it, look, it's a tough old time coming up to Christmas. The, the girls used to look after them each in their own different way. Who, who's minding you, Tom? Me. I, I tell you now, PJ, I have my sister in law cards out every every week for you know. My yeah. um Anne's brother's wife, he passed away as well. He was only fifty oh. when he passed away. But she calls out every Saturday and then I just got so bad one day I got onto this crowd alone, you know, because yeah. I needed someone to talk to. Because you couldn't go to the hospital and you couldn't go to the councillors because of this virus. Yes. But she's she's an incredible an incredible lady. Her name is um, Jane. I Good. don't know how sick of her. That's okay. But she, she at the end of the phone for you. She is. she was there last night now for two hours with me. Brilliant. Every Wednesday night she's there for nearly two hours. You know that's she's, very important, Tom. I'm glad you have that. I I'm, I'm glad too because you know she's just she's not a person. I don't want to keep talking about my wife. I don't want to talk about my kids. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about everyday life. Yes. So she's not afraid to step outside the box and talk about her life growing up and I talk about my life growing up, you know? Yeah. And we're there for nearly two hours again last night. Someone, someone, another adult to talk to about things, different things. Like, you you know, you, you, your, your mind is occupied with minding your girls, your mind is occupied with minding your house, your mind is occupied with missing your, your lovely wife. But there's space there for something else, and and she provides that. She does. She's she's. Oh, I, honestly, I couldn't speak more highly of of that lady because she's consistent with her timing, and then 
I mean, last night now, it was 20 to 8. And quarter past 10, she says, I have to go down and get my fella a cup of tea. Like, she spent that length of time talking to me. Yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, you you can't put a price on that. I know. Will you do anything for the Christmas, Tom? No, no. Do you celebrate it at all since you left? No, not since she passed. Like, my house, before all this happened to, to me and the girls, you couldn't see my house with the lights. It was just, it was, it was crazy. Because that was me. Yeah. I played my Elvis Christmas songs mm. from January to January. Yeah. And the lads in the job used to be cribbing, but I never minded them. That was the old. Was that the old Christmas album, Elvis's Christmas album? From no, I have um, I have something like five hundred and eighty CDs of Elvis. I have my own Elvis room. Ah, yeah. I have my yeah. own Elvis room. She put for me, and yeah, I haven't yeah. been in there in three years. Ah, have you not, Tom? Nah, nah, I can't go in there. Nah. If I need to get something for the young one, I'll go in there, but that's it. Ah, uh, you know what you should do, bud? Go in and put on your music. Nah, I can't. PJ, her fingerprints are all over the place in there, boy, and it just, as I said, I go in there if I need something for the young yeah. one. But the door is closed 24-7. I have the key in my pocket. Do I will know, not open that door. Do you know, and... Listen, it's it's your mind, it's your life, it's your room, but you know, it might not hurt. It might not be. I know it's probably so hard to go in there, but just think of walking in there when the girls are asleep or whatever. Just wander in there, pick out one CD, stick it in, pick one song, and just listen to it because it sounds like you took incredible pleasure. Well, that was my man cave. Well, I you go. Like, I think you need to try. Talk, talk to Jane. Talk to Jane. I talk. know. I, I, I said it to her, and she said the very same thing as you. But I'm telling you, PJ, I cannot, I cannot sit in there and and listen to my music. I listen to it in the van. Okay. But I cannot go into that room. That room is locked twenty four seven. Okay. I'm I'm sad for you that uh, that yeah, is the don't case. Be, don't be. It's, it's yeah. life. It's life I, at its best. I know. I know, you I know. know. And someone just yeah. rang there to say she grew up on the same road as you <laughs> and you used to go up and down doing concerts for all the households. Well, I was I was a bit of a, well, apart from being four foot two, like I was a midget type of Elvis. You we know? used to do to sing the stuff as well, did oh, you? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. I couldn't carry a note in a bucket now, like, but back then, you had know. You, had you the suit? I had, I, I tell you now, PJ, I, I told you in this funny story that... You know, my wife is the only one that can verify that. But back in the early 70s, you know, I had, you know, a quiff that you could, you know, you could actually put a cup of tea in top and it wouldn't move. <laughs> and I had the black shirt, the white tie, black pants, white shoes, white jacket. And I dyed my hair black. Nice. Oh, what a mistake. I went into town and I think... If there's anything out there, I don't, I'm not a religious person, but if there's anybody out there, really picked me out that night because there was a thunder shower. <laughs> and the dye ran through everything I had. Oh, God. I didn't even guess to see her because tone just got very narrow and I couldn't move. <laughs> so the white jacket? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. No, it's just a fact. That's just true. I have actually photographs of me with the black hair. 
And then it went, it went kind of rainbow colour, it went four different colours, why I don't know. But oh, legend, that's great, you know, that's a I fantastic mean, story. Walking through Perfect Street, like feeling a million dollars, like coming home, feeling like five cents. It was crazy, but that was me, that was me and Elvis, that was me and Elvis. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... Do you know, the love of music, Tom, and I say this as someone who, who does passionately love it, the love of music can get you through a lot. It, yeah, it can. But, like, when you when you listen to... I listen to Elvis' gospel songs. As I said, I am not a religious person. Oh, they were brilliant. I know there's something they better were than us out there. But I don't know because they won't give it a name because I don't know it. Yeah. But I know there's something better. You have but his I, version of How Great Thou Art, I suppose. I have... I have from the from the very the, that's all right, Mama. From the very first day in RCA when he recorded that, I have all them that stuff is worth diamonds, Tom. I know, I know. Man alive, and man! I'm so I, sad for you that you can't go into your room. But you know, someday it it, it might happen. Look, look after yourself. Look I after the you. girls. Thank you. Not at all. Whenever the council come back to us with any kind of information, we let you know. And you if there's anything I can do, is anything I can do for you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And, and the staff. And have a great Christmas. Mind yourself, Tom. All right, buddy. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Bye bye. 1850 What a lovely fella. What a lovely man. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah. Yeah, Tom's call would really set you thinking, wouldn't you? There he is in a, in a city of a, a quarter of a million people. And he's alone. Yes, he's got his two daughters, but he's alone. And I think the most tragic thing is that he can't make himself, he can't let himself go into his room where all of his Elvis music and memorabilia are. He can listen to his music in his van, but he can't go into his room and just be with that that thing that takes up so much of his life, his, his love of Elvis and his music. Can't go in there since his wife died. That's three years. It must be so, so hard. He talks about alone. Alone have a national helpline. And if anything that Tom was saying resonates with you, you can pick up the phone to alone at 0818-222-024. That's 0818-222-024. I'll be thinking about Tom now for the rest of the day. Such a lovely guy. Bernie says, I lost my sister two years ago. The loneliness I feel is terrible. I haven't been able to listen to music since. But today, after listening to Tom, I'm going to try and listen to a Christmas album that I have. I'm going to try and listen to it. I hope that he can do the same. He mentioned Elvis' Christmas album. (laughs) Younger listeners will wonder what I'm on about here, but Elvis' Christmas album, there are a couple of them, but one or two of them are just classics. They're gold. Look up, they're all on YouTube. They're all on Spotify. You'll find them all. Elvis Presley did Christmas songs like nobody did Christmas songs. A couple of them on 96 months as well. We catch up with them on the weekend. But we move on. And I was actually last night uh, putting together some of our 
rewind stuff for after Christmas. We have an hour-long rewind program every day between Christmas and New Year. We've never done this before. First time we're doing it uh, this year on the opinion line. And one of the stories that we'll be remembering in that week is the passing of John Kennedy, JFK, from Cork City Football Club. And I noticed that, or I was listening back to it last night as I was putting it together, and the way we started covering that was by reading a statement from John's daughter, Grace. And and, uh, I had hoped to talk to Grace at some stage, and now I have an opportunity because there is a special tribute to John from the club in the form of a sweatshirt. Grace, good morning to you. Hi, PK, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. It's going to be tough in the, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I know it is. It's, um, it's, it's going to be awful, to be honest. But look, um, we have great support, so we are very lucky. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> the sweatshirt. Um, so basically, I'm kind of looking through old photos. Like, we have loads of photo albums. And um, I just found the one. It was actually the day I was born. Um, and I noticed a sweatshirt and like I was kind of laughing to be honest because I was like there was never a day where my dad didn't have something to do with Cork City on him if it was a badge or a tie or a jumper so I was kind of laughing really when I saw it but then um, my birthday is actually next month so I was kind of looking and I was like you know it would be lovely to have Could you get maybe um, a tiny bit closer to the phone Grace would that be okay? Oh yeah no sorry is this better, sorry? That's a lot better, yeah. So the, he was wearing this sweater the day you were born? Yeah, the day I was born. So I was kind of looking through the photos that I saw it. Um, and I just thought it would be a nice thing to have, you know. Um, so I kind of looked up online to see would there be any way I could find it. Um, but for some reason, I can't find it anywhere. So um, I'm not sure how long he actually had it before the day I was even born. But look, um, so then I said I kind of just chanced my arm, really. And I put up the tweet and... To be honest, I didn't expect that kind of reaction at all. Mm. Um, like, I'm so grateful for the reaction I got. And when Cork City replied, and then that they said that the money would go towards Marymount. Yeah. They're going like to reissue the short, aren't they? Um, yeah, they are. So I think they're kind of looking for maybe more pictures um, of it just to try and get it um, as close as possible to the one that my dad had. Um, so like the likes of Aaron Howie now, he's been very good trying to get pictures and stuff from people. Um, and I have a few more photos um, of the day I was born um, that I'm going to send him. Um, so, yeah, I think that they're going to try and reissue it. Yeah, it was a grey one with the kind of the logo on it in green, wasn't it? Yeah, the kind of old crest that they had. Yeah. With, um, yeah, down the end and then stuff. Yeah. It was lovely. And I guess once you get the the images off it and get the original stencils and stuff like that, it'll be they'll be able to turn it over. And they're going to sell it then to raise money for Marymount? Yeah, um, there, which is such a great cause, you know, and like I am very grateful yeah. that they decided to do that, you know, off their own back. Yeah. Marymount um, was one of the charities John supported, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So he had the Liam Miller 5K um, every year in around July. So in July just gone, it was virtual. So my dad went out to Tremore Valley Park um, and a few people kind of did it um, socially distanced and then other people kind of did it you know, in their own areas and stuff, but usually it would have happened out in Bishoptown where Cork City Stadium is. Yeah, yeah. He'd have been great friends, of course, going back along with Noel, and Noel was devoted to Marymount. Yeah, she was. Um, Noel was actually one of the reasons my dad started with Cork City. 
so like it always held a special place in his heart and really? Yeah, so, and Teresa O'Donovan, who would have been very close with my dad, who would have been one of the bean babes going back a few years, um, she went there and stuff. So um, Marymount did mean a lot to him. Um, so I think he always just wanted to give back to them. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about him, Grace. At the time, you, you, you gave us a, a lovely statement just thanking people for the response. But, but talk to me a little bit about your dad. I didn't um, know. I didn't know him well. I knew him to see and to chat to. Mm. You know. Tell um, me about him. He was one of a kind. Anyway, that's all I'll say. Um, you know, the things he did, and like I know people kind of saw, you know, the stuff with Cork City or the stuff with Froyga, and you know, the stuff with charity and stuff like that, which was amazing. And you know, like I hope that me and my brother can follow along and do as much as we can. But you know, the way he was at home was indescribable. Like he was a rock. You know, he was our biggest support system, like, with college and with work and everything with me. Like, he always supported me, you know, if I ever had problems with college. Like, he'd be always trying to help me do my assignments. And then my mom would be giving out that he's helping me too much with my assignments, that I should do it myself, you know. And, like, if there was ever anything we wanted to do or learn to do, like, he'd support us, you know. Like, my brother plays music and he although my dad wouldn't have had have interest in the kind of music that my brother would listen to now he always supported my brother like he'd bring him to gigs and he'd be getting guitars and all kind of stuff you know there was nothing he wouldn't have done for us and like it was indescribable you know and like we were so so lucky like you know he is one person I don't think anyone will ever be able to replace you know yeah 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 well Grace you know I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you and now that I can personally offer my condolences to you on the loss of your dad as I say I mean I didn't know well at all but some of my colleagues here Ken and Trevor would have known him really really well but what I did know was a lovely lovely guy thank you yeah he was no, right. um, no we were we were so lucky um, yeah just all so right. so lucky to be honest alright Take care of yourself, look after your, the fam, the rest of the family and that's great news about the, the sweatshirt and, and Mary yeah, Mount and brilliant. Listen, isn't it typical of the club that they do something like that? I know it is, you know, like I said, it's one thing to say it's more than just um, a club but like it's another thing to show it and they really have shown it, like their support and the things that they do for us all is beyond words to be honest. Okay. All right. Mind yourself, Grace. Take care now. And when it comes, uh, make the best of Christmas. I know you will. Grace Kennedy, daughter of the late JFK. So lately, been wondering who will be there to take my place when I'm gone. To light the shadows on your face If a great wave shall fall And fall upon us all Then between the sand and stone Could you make it on your own? Yeah. 
Explaining to you how the music works in this radio station. We could spend till six o'clock explaining how it works. But that has just sent a shiver up the collective spine of the entire building here and an awful lot of people listening. Um just to follow on, I just hit the button for a song. That's how it works. And there's the calling with wherever you will go. On Cork's 96FM. Jeez, I'm not worth tuppence after that, lads. <laughs> I have a gorgeous book in my hand. A beautiful, beautiful production. Marking a very significant anniversary. For the Cork Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. It's not just a history book. It's a magnificently produced tribute to the CSPCA. We'll talk about it next. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Just before I move on and talk about this beautiful production that sits on the desk in front of me, a couple of things. Huge response to both Tom and indeed to Grace. Dee says, unbeknownst to Tom, he helped to cheer up many listeners, me included, and he'll be on my mind all day today. Maybe he will go into his room. I hope so. Music is not just for memories, but also for therapy uh, in transitioning uh, to the new life. Happy Christmas, Tom, says D. And Tilly says, PJ, Tom just needs to go to his local community welfare officer. They'll help out with all things household 
the council won't do much about the floors, unfortunately. Well, we'll see what they come back with uh, and we will keep on top of it to see if we can help out Tom in some way at least this side of Christmas. Now, the Mahan Rockies, loads of people sending us in stuff that they'd like us to mention uh, between now and Christmas. Uh, and we will, we can't do everything, but we will do as much as we possibly can fit in. The Mahan Rockies is a Faroiga sponsored youth club. It's run by volunteers in the area. They're shut down due to COVID, but they're trying to find ways to keep everyone active and have some fun for Christmas. So what they've done is they've organised a photography competition. And the theme is, show us your Christmas 2020. Have your photos in the 14th of December. The winning photographer will have their pictures printed by the Echo. All of the details on the Mahan Rockies Facebook page. Mahan Rockies with their photography competition. I mentioned earlier on, I never got back to it, driving in here to to town last evening, all the Christmas lights. People have really, really, really pulled out all the stops this year uh, to do their Christmas lights and outside the house and outside the garden and around the trees and up around the gate and the dog has a Christmas hat with the lightness. It's great. I'd love to see some photographs of them if you want to send them in to us at opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, this lovely book has been uh, sent to us by the Cork Society Invention of Cruelty to Animals. Vincent Cashman is, is, is the manager. Vincent, there's a lovely quote uh, from 1929 at the start of the book that says, The public seems to have the idea that members of the society were a lot of old cranks who had nothing to do except worry themselves about the cruelty to animals. It was perfectly true they were cranks, but they would continue to be cranks and enthusiasts until they'd stamped out this cruelty. Unfortunately, it it hasn't been stamped out just yet. Good morning, Vincent. Good morning, PJ. It hasn't been stamped out just yet? No, it hasn't. Um, unfortunately... Uh, you say you can say, you can say it's down to education, um, but some people don't actually realise what's in front of them. They can't see it or don't want to see it. Um, but thankfully, now the difference in the in the 150 years is it's being reported more. Yeah. Um, in school children, in magazines, organisations, and everything else, they're getting a message across that people are picking up on that this behaviour isn't acceptable anymore. How so, did I mean, the association start? Basically, um, a bunch of old cranks <laughs> decided that um, they had seen enough, basically, and they wanted to organise a meeting and see, would it be possible, was there a need for a society to be set up in Cork? And they had a meeting in September, and they said, look, we'll meet back in a month. And in that month, there was 36 cases investigated. Mm. So, or reported. So it was basically from there they decided to um, get a society um, organised for Cork. 1870. 1870, yeah. Where did they meet first? They met in... In the Metropole. Metropole Hotel. Yeah. From that day to this, the role has evolved, obviously. The, the role has changed. Our, I will say our, our job as such hasn't, but the, the animals that we're dealing with um, thankfully, there are laws now which weren't there in 1870. Um, we, we initially it was being set up for um, horses, dogs, and cats. Um, they did um, go into farm animals as well, 
but we'll say no. Um, we could deal with anything from a guinea pig to a horse, really? a raccoon, a snake, you you name it. it, it it's come across our desk <laughs> over the years. Strange. You mentioned horses. Uh, interesting to see, during World War One. what was the hide-your-horse thing? What was that about? <clears throat> Basically, when World War I, um, horses were needed all throughout Ireland. I mean, Ireland's history, um, horses were involved in every part of society. Yeah. And they were necessary for the docks, for business, for recreation, for racing, for everything. And unfortunately, things weren't very mechanised. So when World War One was announced, it was basically a case of the um, the army were sent out to get in as many horses as they could. And people were afraid then that they wouldn't be able to pull carts, pull barges and so on. So the, the thing was to try and hide as many horses as they could to evade the um, the eyes of the army, so yeah. they wouldn't be used. And, and I suppose the horses were literally being press ganged. Oh yeah, conscripted into the army. That was it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And many never returned. I mean, the, the amount of of horses that returned after service after the First World War was um, only in the hundreds, I think, yeah. from um, many, many hundreds of thousands that were used. I, I'm of an age, Vincent, where my first memory of the the CSPCA is is uh, the dogs and cats home mm. down there near where th- there's a charity shop in there now and yes. you used to look in the little windows yes. and the dogs yeah, were on yeah. one side and the cats were on the other and you'd be walking down to get a bus and you'd, you'd be looking yes. in at the dogs and the cats and hoping that they'd get a home and, and all of that, 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 that but, but it's, it's a much bigger operation now it's a much it's a much bigger operation. It's it's hard to imagine, PJ, that back in the day, um, the, the CSPCA could have seen maybe three thousand dogs come through their door a year. Yeah, right. They were averaging about eighty cats a week. Really, and uh, it was a case there where the, the, these animals were being were being uh, dumped off by the public. So now, thankfully, a lot of people are getting their dogs neutered. Back then. Uh, it did have litter after litter after litter and it, it was just an easy thing then just bring them down to the CSPCA and the, and the CSPCA will deal with them. Um, thankfully that has changed. You could I mean, still from, get a dog from there, couldn't you? You could get a dog or get a cat for a couple of quid, oh, couldn't you? Oh, you could, yeah. I mean, it, it, it got to the stage, there's even a funny story that the, there, there was a collection box by that hole in the wind, that, was, that viewing was, hole, right? There was a collection right. box there and um, if you if you checked it on a Monday morning, and checked it on a Friday, you might have had double the amount of money in there over the weekend. Because as people were out, we'll say, um, going to the local establishments yeah. over the weekend, and then if they were a little bit drunk or anything else like that, they'd actually feel sorry for the dogs. They'd actually put more money in the window. So, um, Do you keep a light on so they could have a look in? You know? uh, they'd use a lighter or they'd use matches or they'd, they'd do something <laughs> like that, but... Um, no, it was it's it's it has changed considerably, yeah. thankfully over the years, um, to the state of the art facility that we have now in man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, like it had it had it had to change because it's it simply couldn't it couldn't go on the way it was going on um, by the bus station and with the sheer volumes of animals that they were dealing with. Yeah. And and expected to deal with Peter. Do you know what I mean? They were before I let you go. The the the, the book is is beautiful, and it's it's like the pictures, the minutes of the meetings, the memorabilia 
right through from the start to the present day. It's an mm. absolutely beautiful production, and I think you know it. It 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 tells your story quite quite remarkably. But I guess we're two weeks to Christmas Eve. I've already been saying it. I think you'd probably reiterated, Vincent. Dogs are not for Christmas. No. The, we're still getting calls below what we get them on a daily basis. Have we any pups available? Now, they are using the line, this is not for a Christmas present. We actually know it is, right? Anybody, no, regardless of the time of year, our, our biggest thing is, um, and unfortunately, COVID definitely rubber stamped it. Um, dogs became scarce, right? And anyone that had a litter of pups then, the price went through the roof. Um, there became, um, I suppose, um, people wanted to get a dog. Commodity, they, company. Yeah. A commodity, yes. And they did no research. So, I mean, you, you were getting a thing, once it had a head, four legs and a tail, they were taking it, regardless of their time and, uh, and space and exercise and everything else. So we told people, if, if you didn't have time before COVID, you won't have time after COVID. They will, we will get over this, this um, period of, 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 of uncertainty. So it's a case of, if they're doing it, do your research. Don't be put under pressure by kids or, or anything like that, that we have to have a dog. You don't have to have a dog. Mm. And the, the amount of people said, look, oh, I'm at, I'm at home now. I'm going to be home for the next few months. Um, I'd like to get a dog for a bit of exercise. And we told them, don't. Yeah. You don't need to take it. You don't need to get a dog to head out for a walk. And that's regardless of whatever animal they're getting. Okay. Do your research first. Well, that's, that's great advice coming up to, to Christmas. Congratulations on the book and on the work that you continue to do. That's Vincent Cashman, manager of CSPCA. Their book is out. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's lovely. We might actually, Terry, put a picture of it on the Twitter so people can see it. It's a beautiful commemoration of the, the work of the uh, society. Very quickly, where am I going? Vanessa, hello there. Hello. Okay, what is this? What's the movie? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. You go into the draw for tomorrow with Cara Boyle. Thank you very much. All right, you have a three out of five chance of winning tomorrow. That's Vanessa from League, and that's it. Edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched today by Katie O'Keefe. See you tomorrow, just after nine.